This is What's On Tap with Sandy Max. A deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Hey, welcome to What's On Tap tonight. I am Sandy Max. Thank you for joining me. And on the show tonight... Guitar geeks and lovers of Les Paul, the Wizard of Waukesha, I have an update for you on the incredibly valuable musical instruments that Mark Knopfler of the band Dire Straits auctioned off for charity today. Quite a few sweet Les Paul guitars were up for bid. How much money did 120 collectible guitars raise and which ones would some of our local musicians love to have added to their music rooms that fun is coming up and in the tv world one show is celebrating its 25th anniversary has a talking dog and a baby with a british accent there's your hint and what show has beaten the office in numbers of streams that top 10 list is out and uh Maybe that show is something you're watching later tonight. We'll chat about that. It is January 31st. I have it circled on my calendar. Who do you know tried doing dry January? I did. I'll let you know if I stayed dry or I went damp and uh, what I learned. I have helpful tips on how to sip healthier if you want to ease back into boozing. And also a very talented Green Bay Packers fan who knows how to dance is going to get us moving with the song you need to hear tonight. But first, I am very excited about a fun announcement about one of Milwaukee's favorite festivals. And I am so pleased to welcome to What's on Tap, Festa Italiana Executive Director, Sandy Winard. Sandy, how are you doing? I am doing awesome. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I'm glad you're on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline to give us the update and the fresh news about Festa Italiana for 2024. Well, the update and fresh news is we're going back to where it all began. Well, so to speak, where it all began. Uh, we are going back uh, to the Henry W. Meyer Festival Grounds. We are thrilled to be returning there and be part of the entire summer of uh, the City of Festivals lineup with all the ethnic and cultural festivals. So we're elated about that, and uh, we're bringing back the favorites. But there's going to be some new and exciting twists and, and uh, announcements in the days to come of some uh, kind of, uh, like I say, refreshing uh, features of Festa Italiana. Well, I'm glad that Festa never went away and that Italian Community Center was a fine, fine place to have it. But it is nice to kind of stretch out. And I like the phrase, Little Italy on the lakefront and be able to stroll to all the stages. (laughs) That was one of my two things. I I am known for one of my signature things is 2.30 in the morning inspirations. I I have this biological clock that wakes me up at 2.30 in the morning. And I was thinking about, because last year I had this tagline, come for the culture, stay for the, uh, the party. And uh, this year, I'm like, what's my tagline? And all of a sudden, I just woke up and little Lily on the lakefront, and that was it. It is perfect. I love it. Well done, Sandy. Well done. And you've also got something that I know you can talk about. I won't won't try and pry out the new things. I might try and get some hints from you. But Italian Idol. Oh, yes. Well, Italian Idol is a very special place in my heart. This will be our 16th year of Italian Idol. And I am the Ryan Seacrest of Italian Idol. Uh, and it, it, I love it. Everybody, I, I keep saying I'm going to pass it on to my my uh, the reins to my 20 year old son, and he keeps telling me, "No, no, no! People love you. You got to keep doing it." I think he just doesn't want to do it. You have a lot um, more personality than Ryan Seacrest. I'll tell you that right now. Thank you. Well, you know, I have a double whammy. I have a degree in theater arts and marketing, so you know, I'm it's it, it all comes together. Uh, but no, uh, actually, Italian Idol, it started off on a very, very small stage, uh, very, very tiny stage 
on South End when we had the entire footprint of the grounds. And it was it was kind of a karaoke thing where people would just come up and after they've had a bunch of beer and wine and wanted to come up and sing. And it was it was entertaining, but it really wasn't a legitimate vocal talent competition. So my vision over the years was to really kind of massage this, manipulate this into the best version of American Idol that we could have. And it's really come to that. Uh, it's one of our most popular shows. It's, it's usually we have it in the, uh, on the Kachina stage and what's soon to be now the Aurora Pavilion. And it's packed, and we have legitimate vocal competitors. It's not karaoke. Um, and we have everything from rap to opera to rock to pop to musical show tunes. And uh, it, it's just, I look forward to doing it every year. It, it's so much fun. And the stages of music are wonderful to set the tone for strolling through. And you also have lots and lots of food. I like strolling with my little pouch of wine. I remember that from a few summers oh, yes. ago. Yeah, I, I yes. still have my little pouch. <laughs> okay, good to know, because I, I think I found a, a box of about 500 of them in the attic at the Italian Community Center. <laughs> they're useful. They're, they're portable. But what I really love, Sandy, are the cannolis. One of my very oh. favorite things. So tell me about some of the other foods that will be at Festa this year. Okay, sure. Sure. Uh, and, and of course, we'll have cannoli. I mean, because you, you just can't have festa without cannoli um, and, and wine. Um, this year, although we're not calling it a food and wine festival, the essence of it, aside from all the other culture and heritage and the Bochi tournament, is really a, f- a festival of food and wine. And we hope to be featuring, you know, uh, uh, as many wines as possible, a really good snapshot of the wine regions of Italy and wine flights and wine tasting and food. Um, we'll bring back our two very, very popular items that actually the Italian Community Center, we actually run these these food booths ourselves. And, of course, it's Festa Sausage, which is the traditional grilled Italian sausage with peppers on a nice, you know, shortinos roll. And the mm. rice balls, uh, we sold out of uh, the vegetarian rice balls by Saturday last year. We were already sold out. They were specially made for us out of, uh, at a, a facility in Chicago. We'll have rice balls again. And, uh, I, I'll, and I'll tell you what, Sandy, for inviting me on today, I'm going to give you some late-breaking news. Uh, another one of my 2.30 in the morning ideas. We're going to be featuring the Festa Deli, which will have made-to-order fresh sandwiches like mufalata and gabagool, you know, the Italian sub-sandwiches and even um, breadless sandwiches in, in a bowl. So uh, that will be a new feature we'll be we'll be adding is the Festa Deli. So um, and then all the all the other kinds of Italian, you know, we all the other kinds of things like, uh, you know, fried eggplant and calamari. And uh, and there will be something very exciting happening on Sunday that will involve food. Ooh, if yeah, if you walk around Festa Italiana and smell those smells and. Don't get something to eat. Like, just there's just something wrong with you. It, it, that is part of the fun of the sensations of the tasting. But there's also another fun. Some argue that you have the best fireworks at Festa Italiana. Well, there the, the abundanza in the sky. I remember, and I've been going to Festa since they were street festivals on Brady Street, and uh, back when we had our initial building, uh, there was we used to have a storefront on Brady, and then we had a building on Hackett. Uh, and probably since I was five or six years old, and, you know, you always remember the fireworks. And, yes, we are known. I mean, the Italians are known for fireworks, among other things. The kind you shoot in the sky and other kinds of fireworks that happen at family Sunday dinners. Um, <laughs> well, but, I mean, you, uh, you bring up families. Honestly, Festa Italiana is one of these occasions in Milwaukee where 
families use it as an occasion to have a reunion. I know the Canistras do that. One of my favorite people in my friendship circle. They're and, and, my cousins. They oh. are my cousins. <laughs> We're all related. I was just out with, with my godmother, my late godmother, Pauline Canester, my putting I was we were just celebrating what would have been her ninetieth birthday last night at Elsa's. How fun. How fun. And then you've how got Cravellos, you've got all sorts of families who use this Festa Italiana as a reason to have a reunion and get family together. So what are the dates to circle for twenty twenty four for Festa? Okay, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be leading off the, the festival summer. Uh it'll be the weekend after Memorial Day. So we'll be May thirty first, that Friday, and then Saturday, June first, and Sunday, June second. May thirty first, so, June first, and June two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll lead off the summer, and fireworks will be on Saturday night, I can tell you that. Uh, 10.30 on Saturday night is what we're uh, right now, uh, tentatively, that's definitely on Saturday night and probably at that time. Um, And we'll certainly, um, you know, it's... uh, we are really trying to be as efficient and fiscally responsible as possible, but we always have the goal of putting on the best festival we can. So we always rely on our sponsors, obviously, to, to underwrite and sponsor certain things like fireworks. And I'm hoping to have a, bring back and have just a fabulous fireworks show on Saturday night. And uh, we're also just, um, I, I can't say enough about Milwaukee World Festival, the uh, welcoming them back, partnering our collaboration with them uh, and helping us make this, you know, hopefully one of the best festivals, really making this return to the Henry W. Meyer grounds, just one of the best festas ever. Looking forward to it. Executive Director of Festa Italiana, Sandy Winard. And I got to tell you, Sandy, we're going to look to you to raise the bar for the rest of the ethnic festivals for the summer as you kick it off on May 31st. Now I'll have to be working, waking up more at 2.30 in the morning, but grazie, grazie, Sandy, and hope to, uh, we'll see you at Festa. Wonderful. What's the website to check for updates on your schedule? Uh, com. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Thanks, Sandy. Festa. Ciao. Ciao, Bella. Ciao. Ciao. Festa, something fun to look forward to. You've heard it right here on What's on Tap, helping you make the most of your social time. And if you dig guitars, I'm going to give you a great update on uh, some super duper multi, almost million dollar guitars in the Les Paul collection uh, that were up for bid today. I'll get you that update on the Mark Knopfler guitar auction and some local perspectives on those collectible guitars next on What's on Tap. That is the sound of the band Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing, and Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits has been playing music for over 50 years now and he decided to put together 120 guitars and amps from his collection including the guitar that he used for the intro of the song Money for Nothing. All of those guitars went up for auction today and if you're thinking oh it's just a money grab he's greedy. Actually 25% of the auction proceeds are going to Brave Hearts of the Northeast, Tusk Wildlife Conservation, and the British Red Cross. So doing a good deed. But can you take a guess how much 120 collectible instruments and, and amplifiers raised? I'm looking at the results right now on the Christie's website. 
$8,840,000 is what this guitar collection raised. And can you take a guess? You know, Les Paul, the Wizard of Waukesha, the kinds of guitars that Les Paul created back in the 50s, those are highly, highly coveted. And the, the highest bid guitar went for $693,000, and it's a 1959 solid-body electric guitar, a Les Paul Standard. This is one of those magical, <laughs> magical instruments and, and a true collectible, and it was created by Les Paul. Right here in Wisconsin, Les Paul, Steve Miller's godfather. So very interesting to follow along with that. It totally caught my eye as a huge music fan. But I know that people who play guitar, musicians who start playing guitar, tend to get a little obsessed with them and want another one and another one. So I asked around my circle and it was like, hey, do you guys, gals, know about this? And uh, many were already in tune by the time I brought it to their intention. So I asked some of my favorite guitar players and obsessed musicians, what guitar was their heart's desire of the Mark Knopfler collection? Listen to the guitars that got their attention most. Hello, my name is Stephen. I'm a guitarist, producer and songwriter. I'm an English guy who lives in Milwaukee. I'm from the same region as Mark Knopfler, and I'm a big fan. And if there was any one of his guitars at the Christie's auction that I would lean towards, it would be the 1959 Les Paul Standard. It's basically the holy grail of guitar, and that's the one to grab. Hi, my name's Joel Scherfinski. Which of the guitars being auctioned off from the Mark Knopfler collection would be most coveted to me? The obvious answer would be a 59 Gibson Les Paul that go for typically half a million dollars. They're very few in numbers. And if I own that guitar, it would be an investment into my future. They only go up in value, and I could resell it when I retire. As a guitar player, I'm going to go with the one of the Hot Rod Red Strats that's being auctioned off, specifically his prototype model. I would play that guitar, and just like he said in a recent interview, every guitar he owns was a song. A song came out of that guitar. I think I could come up with a pretty cool song playing that red Stratocaster. This is engineer John Tyler. Sandy, you're killing me on this one. Looking through that auction of 122 instruments from one of my all-time favorite guitar players and biggest influences, Mark Knopfler, if I pick the 58 Les Paul, that would be worth several years of my paycheck, so I could sell it and buy anything I wanted, but I'm not gonna pick that one. I'm gonna pick the Schechter Fiesta Red Telecaster that he played Walk of Life on, both in the studio on Brothers in Arms and live. That one is really special, and I would choose that over all of the others. My name is Jason Pinkowski. I'm primarily a bass player, so I should really want that echo bass. But the one that really stands out for me, just for the aesthetics, is the Guild Starfire 2. There's something that says that that has seen the world in so many different ways and and has not been living in its case. It's been used, it's been played, and there's something about that patina that really screams to me. 
and I've always loved the Telecaster tone, so if I have to pick two, I guess I'll take the Schechter Telecaster as well. My name is Steve Berlowski, and I have been playing music in a cover band called Box of Rocks for over 25 years now. For the Mark Knopfler collection, I'd say my most coveted guitar that I saw is the Martin Acoustic that dates back to 1917. I'm a big fan of guitars that have a lot of history and any chance to get a guitar that's over 100 years old, I'd be be very interested in that. The other guitar that I'm really interested in is that Les Paul Standard that was used for Money for Nothing and Live Aid. Again, I'm a big fan of guitars and that have stories behind them, that have history, and the fact that Mark Knopfler played that guitar and created music and created a hit with that guitar and love to have in my collection too. What a, a selection and that Schecter that you heard about being highly coveted by some of my friends there. Uh, $415,000 is what that guitar went for. And that was reused to record and perform Walk of Life, the song that you just heard there. And as I'm scrolling and looking, the the cool thing about this Christie's website is it actually tells you the stories behind those guitars. And $592,000 is what this guitar went for. It's a 1983 Les Paul 59 reissue used to record Money for Nothing and the song, the title track from that album, Brothers in Arms. So millions of dollars raised for charity. From Mark Knopfler's guitar collection, I guess you can't take it with you, can you? We'll be back with news, TV, dry January, and more next on What's on Tap. TV Talk. What are you watching? What do you stream? But first, a celebration. A 25th anniversary, which is kind of trippy, I guess. This is a show that's been around so long, I guess it's just part of the fabric. And I know so many people who, who quote it and do impersonations. This show is having its 25th anniversary of debuting on Fox on this day 25 years ago. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. From wearing those good old-fashioned values On which we used to rely And cry. Were you singing along like producer Tommy was? I saw you in there on the side of the glass. Tommy, are you it's a catchy. big fan? <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, a great, great show. Love Family Guy. Always entertaining. They're always very up to date pop culturally. Uh, and no surprise that it's made it this long. I mean, look at the success. The Simpsons had with a similar animation style comedy. Family Guy maybe a little more extreme than them, but oh, definitely similar yeah. similar vibes. I feel that yeah, I feel like The Simpsons laid the foundation for Family Guy for sure. Right, and that when you talk about a little envelope pushing, that's mm-hmm. where like every time I think I'm like, okay, I'll watch this episode, and then there'll be something where I'm like, oh, oh, that's a little much. Yeah, for yeah. me little much for me. Well, that's probably why they stood the test of time so often. I mean, they were so early to that part of it. I mean, that you couldn't start a show like that today, it feels like. They were they came in at a time and almost got 
grandfathered into their style, it feels like. Well, and Fox, when the network actually started back with Married with Children, and like they were the network that really pushed it as, at the time, irreverent. So I think this has evolved that irreverence. But it's it's uh, definitely, is there a favorite line of yours that you can say? Or <laughs> I don't know if I can say it. Okay, no. <laughs> we'll leave it there. But I do like that there's a talking dog, and I do I don't know that I like the baby Stewie character, but I like that he has a British yeah. accent. Sense. And Seth Seth MacFarlane gave up the writing duties, I don't know, maybe a decade ago. So he was originally writing all of them. Can you but, tell a difference as a longtime fan? Um, yeah, you can tell the difference. But I think Seth MacFarlane, you know, it was a it was a long term decision. You know, he he knew that other writers hiring on people would make it easier on him. He still does the voices of a bunch of characters which is in the incredible show. yeah I, as much as i don't always like the content of family guy and it's a, it's edgy i don't like that word but you know but it just it tests my boundaries like oh i don't need to be joking about that subject right. in that way but it or, or sometimes it gets very abstract and random i don't mind that but i'm sure he has last say on a lot of stuff too but, but he is so talented yeah. as a voice artist great singer too yeah mm-hmm. so i i give all respect to Seth MacFarlane's talent, even if I don't always enjoy how he channels it. Sure. <laughs> so that's your 25th anniversary. If it uh, sparks you to go back and watch some Family Guys on stream, have at it, have some fun, have some laughs. And if you are interested in streaming what the most streamed program in 2023 was, can you guess what that show is? I will give you one hint. It has been streamed more than The Office, which surprised me. It is Suits. And that is a show, even though I went to London and saw Meghan Markle marry <laughs> Prince Harry, I still haven't seen a single episode of Suits. Or I don't think I've, ever, I've seen anything that Meghan Markle has acted in. But 57.7 minutes, billion minutes viewed wow. in the last year. That seems, I mean, those are hour-long episodes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive for a show that... You know, The Office is such an easy background TV type thing, too. It's also got kind of a cult following, I would Mm -hmm. say, around it. But, you know, to be dedicated that much to a show, I mean, I think there's almost 10 seasons of it, too. Nine Mm -hmm. seasons, something like that. Yeah, It's a lot. It feels like you got to be a lot more invested in that television show than you do in The Office, where it's much more episodic feel. Yeah, but that's just surprised me. I wouldn't have guessed that. So your top 10 from Nielsen... Overall streaming programs. Number one, Suits, and that's on Netflix and Peacock. And part of the the theory of why more streamed than The Office is that The Office was pulled off of that service. Yeah, it's a Peacock exclusive now. So here was a new and also with the writer strike, people were looking for older programs to watch. So still surprises me, Suits. Number two, Bluey on Disney Plus. Number three, NCIS, always perpetual, always around. Number four, Grey's Anatomy. On oh, Netflix, there's another show yeah. that has almost as long as, as Family Guy. And I wouldn't have bet that. I would have thought, okay, it'll run its course, but still a sensation. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Five is Coco Melon. Number six is The Big Bang Theory, which I feel like is on TV all the time, yeah. much less streaming. Number seven, Gilmore Girls. Another really, yeah, kind of vintage drama series. Yeah. That doesn't ever go away. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's way up there. Number eight is Friends. Number nine is Heartland. And number 10, Supernatural. For all the Kansas fans out there. Mm. But so that's your, so if you've been looking for something to stream, 
there you go. There's a, those are some suggestions. And happy anniversary to Family Guy. We're going to check in. It's the last day of January. Who stuck with dry January? Who did damp January? And did I actually hold out all the way through today? Find out and share your experience. The WTMJ Talk and Text Line is open, 855-616-1620. Share your experience with Dry January next on What's on Tap. That's the sound of a dry January coming to an end. Beer for my horses, but what about beer for you? There are a lot of people in my circle who did not try dry January. I'm okay with that. I wanted to try it to see just how far I could go and if I would really, really miss drinking. And it turns out, as of 6.45 on January 31st, 2024, I've been dry. I've been dry the whole way. And I didn't hate it. Non-alcoholic beer was very helpful to scratch that itch of the craving that I had for, for the taste of beer and the feel of it in a can. So I'm grateful for some really good flavors of non-alcoholic beer. And I'm glad to give some recommendations. If you ever want to pop me an email, sandy at WTMJ.com. I'll share what I learned. I even had some good non-alcoholic wine at dinner with friends at Fox and Hounds. So uh, it was good to experiment in that way. And now I'm on a streak. I don't know that I want to break it. And I'm trying to figure out what would make me want to because I don't miss it that much yet. And I'm a big bourbon drinking gal. I haven't even really missed bourbon yet. So I'm thinking maybe sometime there'll be some celebration for a birthday for for a friend or something. And and I'll raise a glass. But I do kind of like the streak. And I know my skin is more hydrated and better. I can't figure out if I'm sleeping better or not because I think stress and anxiety and worry kind of ties into that. But my other goal, not only was to have better skin and sleep better, but was also to maybe trim down a little bit. I can tell you that even without really exercising, I confess, I've trimmed down a little bit. So that's yet another reason where I'm like, I'm not sure I want to go all the way in. But if you don't want to stop drinking or if you're easing out of dry January back into, I'll call it fun February, I guess, you can still make a bit healthier choices. So I'm here for you with the 10 healthiest types of alcohol to drink. According to a registered dietitian, basically the two biggest tips, look for drinks that are lower in sugar, And look for drinks that are higher in healthier ingredients. So I immediately thought of some fun things. First of all, your hard seltzers. They're a lot, though, with added sugar, so just check the label. But a hard seltzer is a healthier way to go. Red wine, because it has resveratrol, which is a plant compound that supposedly helps reduce inflammation in the body, can even help reduce diseases. So that's on the good side. I mean, it's not going to cure you or anything, but... Red wine could be a healthier choice if you're opting to sip. Light beer, of course, organic wine and liquor. How about this? Bloody Mary, a much lower sugar uh, choice because it's mostly tomato juice and you get vitamins and minerals in there. I like the idea of the beer chaser. It's little. Can't be that bad for you, right? It's little. But also many Bloody Marys, you get the garnish. You get fiber-rich celery and the olives are full of heart-healthy fats. You can go with the dry wine to avoid some some uh, sugar. Hard kombucha, spritzers and soda, so like an Aperol spritz or an Aperol spritz, however you like to say it. And last but not least, for the healthier beverages, if you're going to imbibe, a hot toddy, hot water, fresh lemon juice, see, there's some fruit, honey and whiskey, and there are supposedly some healthy bioactive compounds, vitamins and minerals that ward off 
harmful bacteria that can cause colds. And that's all from a dietitian. So I'm here to help. If you are uh, hanging in there on dry January, you've got about five hours left. And I say congratulations to you. We're going to get dancing with a Green Bay Packers fan next on the song you need to hear on What's on Tap. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blokes going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. He was on Saturday Night Live last weekend. He's a Green Bay Packers fan. He's a heck of a dancer. And he's celebrating a birthday today. It's Justin Timberlake. And the song you need to hear tonight puts you in a good mood. Can't stop the feeling. What's on tap on WTMJ? This feeling inside my bones It goes electric wavy when I turn it on All through my city, all through my home We're flying up no ceiling when we in our zone I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body When it drops, ooh I can't take my eyes off of it Moving so phenomenally more like the way we rock it So don't stop And under the lights When everything goes Nowhere to hide When I'm getting you close When we move Well you already know So just imagine Nothing I can see but you When you dance, dance, dance Feel good, good creeping up on you So just dance
Justin Timberlake, the birthday boy. What's on tap? WTMJ can't stop the feeling. It's a song you need to hear. And that's, of course, a very popular hit song by Justin Timberlake. And if you're craving new music, you're in luck working on an album that is expected to release in March. New Justin Timberlake music. He played a couple of the singles on SNL last weekend. I'm Sandy Max. Tomorrow night, celebrating a big Beatles anniversary with cultural historian. She's from University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Dr. Diana Bellscamper, and she was involved in a Milwaukee PBS documentary about the Beatles playing here in Milwaukee in 1964. So she's going to have uh, lots of good stories about how the Beatles are connected to Wisconsin and will celebrate this milestone a 60th anniversary milestone tomorrow. So join me tomorrow at 6 for What's on Tap. And you can catch up on our conversations about the Bob Euchre documentary, last night's interview with the executor of George Carlin's estate on how they're fighting against the misuse of artificial intelligence and using George Carlin's image now, and all the other fun conversations that we've had. We got the podcast posted on WTMJ.com and wherever you get your podcast, catch up with the What's on Tap podcast and share it with your friends. Stay with us. News is next on WTMJ.